Changing my world, Jason. Uh, so you, uh, you guys do not have bed bugs, but there is a possibility we're gonna have bed bugs. Okay. Let's talk about so it. Here's the, here's the deal. What happened? First of all, if you were thinking about visiting, any if anyone was thinking about visiting my apartment, you should still visit my apartment. Um, we are lonely. <laughs> uh, we would love you to come. Do not let the fact that we did not have bed bugs scare you away from coming because. There's a, a strong emphasis on did not have bed bugs. Yeah. This this is this is the whole story. All right. Uh, went to IKEA. I, I mean, I could go on for hours about IKEA. It's a marvelous place. Beautiful store. Okay. Purchased all sorts of furniture that night. Uh, one of them being a couch. Technically, if you want to be technical about it, it's a love seat. Um, I don't know what makes a love seat a love seat i like to believe that they put a little more time and effort into crafting it um but whatever Teresa and i we put it together uh flipped open the computer on the brand new coffee table uh sat sat down and we started watching something probably the great british baking show because (gasps) it's amazing oh my god it's the most serene like Mm. calming show i've ever ever watched in my life. It really is. And I know so much now about pastry dough. Yeah, it's and proofing. And you have to proof proofing. Things. I didn't even know that was a yeah. word. Yeah. Was, and uh, I bought some uh, like pre-bought dough. This was a couple days earlier than the non-bed bug situation. Cool. And it's been in my fridge and it keeps growing and I'm like, definitely overproofed oh, at this point. Right? You're... It's, it's way overproofed. But I can see Paul being like, Mm-mm, <laughs> it's overproofed. The male judge. Um, yeah, I finished that last night. That is a Oof. that is a gem of a program. Um, it's in any case, so sat down, watch something. Oh, go to sleep. Okay, as we do. Good. Wake up. Teresa's got like five or six bites on her like her abdomen, right? Oh. Uh, abdomen. It's, like stomach area. Yeah. No, you're fine. Okay, I just got nervous about medical science. So she had like five or six bites in her abdomen. I had one bite on my leg. Okay. We got brand new furniture. First thought, automatically goes to bed bugs, right? Yeah. So I start searching everywhere. I got my flashlight out. You know, I'm underneath the couch. I'm all around the couch. I see nothing, okay? So it's like, fine, maybe they were on the blankets. You know, maybe they're from the blankets. I search all through the blankets. Nothing. Okay, maybe it's on the bed. Like, doesn't seem likely, but, you know, they are called bed bugs. Start searching all through the, the bed. Nothing, okay? Bed bugs are the kind of thing where the longer you don't see them, the more freaked out you're going to be. Because it's like, I have the bites. I know they must be here. Where the fuck are they hiding, right? But did you know that these were bed bug bites? No. Okay. <laughs> your okay. face your face says a lot. It's fine. You can continue <laughs> so, talking. So no 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 no. So <laughs> if you Google bed bug bites, uh-huh. right? Which you know, I encourage you to do because all Americans should be fully informed about what who are the real illegal immigrants in our country. Um, but if you Google uh, bed bugs and bed bug bites, you'll find all sorts of different pictures. All right. There, there is a wide range of things which qualify as bed bug bites, um, which only added to the confusion. Okay. 
Cool. So at some point, so so that then the next night, like we didn't sleep, or Teresa kind of did at some point because she's braver than I am. But I was like up all night. You know me. I was googling. You know, everything, everything you can imagine about bed bugs. Sure. You know, and if they're not bed bugs, are they chiggers? And which I feel like is an offensive word, right? It's close. Whatever. If it's not if it's not them, are is it you know, maybe there's a rogue mosquito, like what is going on? Um, dust mites was a potential at one point. Was um, like an and th- a garden variety like spider in there? Like did you just have So a sp- that's what some level headed people have <laughs> Have since um, have since thrown out, but at the in the at three in the don't laugh so hard. It was terrifying. At three in the morning, I wasn't really thinking like that. I was thinking about how uh, I read that bug bed bugs are afraid of white light, but they um, will stay out if you use a red flashlight. So I did download a red a square on my phone so that I could try to catch them with a red light. It just didn't work, okay? So last night we called Ryan the Exterminator, which isn't the actual business name, but it might as well be, um, and picked him solely because he was the only guy who'd come uh, after we both got home from work. Nice. So like uh, like the Time Warner cable guy, he comes between the window of 7 and 9. So Teresa and I spent all of last night hanging out in the bathroom we watched the last episode of the Great British Baking Show yes. with the computer set up on the toilet and both of us sitting in the tub. Aww. Um, yeah, it was really... That's kind of um, cute. Really romantic way to spend the night. Um, that's, like, that's like poor artist romantic, though, and I think that's still nice. We live a, a poor artist lifestyle, I like to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's Ikea furniture. In any case, Brian calls at, like, Mm, eight o'clock saying he's dealing with a raccoon and it's gonna take <laughs> it's gonna take him a little longer to make it to our apartment don't worry so we're like okay uh you know at this point great british baking show is over we've resorted to twitter facebook whatever whatever we have to do you didn't just start it um, all over again like i did no you didn't i swear to god i dude you oh know i obsess god. it was I the need- most calming show i've ever watched in any case, so Ryan's like, yeah, I'm dealing with this raccoon. Like, it's a big disaster. I'll be there soon. Um, long story short, Ryan doesn't show up till like, 9.45, probably. No, that's when um, I texted you. I was like, how to beg bugs? And you were like, he just got here. He just got here. So, yeah, so Ryan showed up at, like, 9.45. Um, he does his sweep. Um, basically, he's like, um, you can't find anything, but he's not allowed to say that because he's trying to sell us on the extermination. Sure. So he pointed it to some lint, and he was like, "Hey, these could this could be larvae. You just don't know." Um, Ryan was like a great guy. He hung out with us a little bit after he did the search. We talked about all the craziest things he's ever found as an exterminator. Nice. Um, his story about the raccoon was great. He'd, he'd tell better than I did would, but uh, basically, mama raccoon, two baby raccoons, they ended up calling the police to help out, but they were in a Hasidic neighborhood, so they were Hasidic Jewish police who don't have guns, um, and I... just, like, sh- showed up. Um, he ended up having, he's going to have to go to the emergency room because of the bu- the ra- raccoon bite. Um, great guy. Um, from That was a long-winded way of saying, we don't have bed bugs. Come visit yeah. us. In a, in a short ten and a half minutes, guys, Jason has described to you. <laughs> Why his couch is is kosher.
Well, I'm glad that you don't have bed bugs. I'm sorry you probably had a spider bite. Uh, yeah, Teresa got five of them. That's insane. Teresa I just, Cooper. did I tell you, I just got my first bug bite of my life. Mazel tov. Thank you. What, what does that mean? You've never been bitten by a mosquito? No, I don't get mosquitoes. Well, now You're I've, now I've been bitten by one mosquito, and it was so funny because I was like... <laughs> and you're going to get Zika. That'd be, am- that'd be amazing if I had Zika. I feel like I know at this point if I had Zika. But, um, yeah, and it went away, like, the, the very next day. Like, it did not linger. I, I, I read about the little, like, the cross that you make in it with, like, your nail. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to do that in the morning. And uh, by morning, it was gone. So it only lasted, like, maybe 10 hours. Well, listen, we do more than discuss the non-existence <laughs> of bed bugs in our apartment. Uh, we also watch documentaries and discuss them. That's the idea of the podcast. Uh, the goal, we're doing 100 documentaries in 100 weeks. We are on week three, the third documentary. Uh, Emily selected, that's Emily, I'm Jason. Uh, Emily selected the podcast for this week, and it's a podcast called Finding Vivian Mind. It's Mai. a documentary called Finding Vivian Mind. Oh, yeah. I did listen to it once, though. What? Oh, I feel you. I feel you. So it's yeah. it was, that's the cool thing you can do about documentaries is some of them are a little dependent on what you see, but I've definitely like Netflix at work, like listening to a podcast, watching a doc, and it's a sweet yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So finding Vivian Meyer, <clears throat> quick overview. It was a about this woman who was uh, a nanny most of her life, uh, kind of living family to family. And it turns out that while she was nannying, she was taking amazing photos um, on all of their little outings. And most of them were in Chicago or New York City. So a lot of very, very cool, like, 50s, 60s, 70s in... All right, that's a long time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take away the 50s. A lot of... Six- yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it didn't go that far back. It was definitely mostly in, like, the 70s, I think. Um yeah. And she just took some awesome photos, but never really developed them. And so people never knew that she was a photographer. People didn't really see her work. Um, and then after she died, this this kid who kind of, I assume, commissioned this documentary found a trunk. He's a director on it. He's what? He's a director on it. John Malouf. Oh, wonderful. Uh, yes, so he he and his family have always been into like auctions and flea markets and so he purchased a trunk of her negatives one day and developed them found her to be very good and then just started tracking down her work and slowly trying to learn about this woman and why she never uh, exposed her uh, photography I think mm-hmm. that's that's like fair and didn't give anything weird that's- away yeah yeah that's it um so I'm I'm dying, Jason. What were your like first thoughts? I I've watched this before and I liked it. Right. So this is this is my issue with this documentary. All right. Uh, you're making a grimace. Like, what could possibly be your issue? This is my issue with this no. documentary. It's set up. It's set up like it's going to be a big reveal. Right. We're finding Vivian Meyer. We're going to find out the truth. We don't know who she is. She's lost to the obscurity of history and, you know, lost in time. Like, we'll never know, but we're going to find it out. And this John guy spends, you know, 90 minutes 
taking you closer and closer to the big reveal where we're gonna finally find the thing, the shocking thing. And we go down little twists and turns. Was she French? Some people say she was faking her French accent. Ooh. But nev we never get the here's the shocking truth. You know what I mean? There's a bunch of moments where it, where it feels like we are on the edge of a shocking reveal. That accent one is one I wanna talk to you more okay. about. Okay, let's just go, let's okay. go into that. Okay. <laughs> So there's this, here's this nanny, right? <laughs> and at one point, um, I don't really know who the two people are, honestly. One of them's a, a, a expert in the uh, French accent. Yeah, he's like a uh, PhD in linguistics or something insane. Right, and his, his dissertation is on, uh, or his doctoral thesis, probably, yeah. is on French vowel sounds, okay? So, like, for some reason, Vivian Meyer meets this guy, which already is, like, that's a strange turn of events. And he's like, I knew right away her accent was fake. Like, I just knew right away. Which, cool, great, good story. And then there's this other guy who's like, I knew for certain her accent was real. Which also, great, cool story. So one of those people is presumably wrong, sure. right? She either had a French accent or she didn't have a French accent. So we deal with this, like, this conflict for, oh, maybe four minutes. And then we move on. We just leave it behind. Yeah. One of those is true. Right, okay. I guess I totally I totally understand why you're saying that and where you're coming from. And, and you're not wrong. I guess for me, well, obviously, it's like an opinion. You can have one. <laughs> but I guess for me, I was fine with it because I... I enjoy a documentary sometimes that isn't this, like, story arc necessarily. And it's kind of just, like, this play-by-play, -play, like, we'll see what happens uh, as, as we dig into it. That's kind of what this was, right? Where yeah. Where it's, like, very, very much a play-by-play, -play, but it felt like John was looking for that big, shocking twist, right? Yeah. Um, he wanted her to be more than just a, nan a nanny who happened to be good at photography. And she really wasn't, in my opinion, more than a nanny who happened to be great at photography. I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. But I think that, like, her personality to me was so weird. Like, the contradiction with her accent, yeah, that is, like, what... What was she? I mean, they reveal eventually that she's not from France. Although she has family there and right. she spent time there, she was not from there. But then there were, if you remember, like, kind of more near the end, there's the girl and her best friend that spent a lot of time with her when she lived with them. And they were literally contradicting each other as they were describing her. And one of them was, and I, I wish I knew the instance, but one of them was like, she would never do this. And then the other one would literally say, right. she always did this. And I... It was, um, uh, well, the, the one that that was, so they were talking about whether or not she posed her photographs. Yes, yes. And, and one of them was talking about how we'd go out and she'd pull people over to the side and say, hey, can you stand like this? And it was so embarrassing. And the other person was talking about how we'd go out and she'd just find things and quick snap them. Um, yeah. yeah. That was the other thing, too. It was, it was, that was another thing that I found frustrating was that, like, we're trying, and maybe that's, like, you know, what the story's really about is, like, you know, they always say in crime shows, like, eyewitness testimony is garbage. Like, these people totally. were, just, were just total garbage in terms of their memories of her, even down to her name. One of the, uh, was it Meyer or Myers? I mean, that happened three or four yeah. times where people were like, yeah, I guess I don't. But I, 
I, I thought that was that. cool too, just because like she made a very deliberate effort. It seemed that like each family saw a very different person when they got her. And I thought that was kind of cool. Like, I don't know about you, but for me, when I'm in like a new situation with people I don't know, I'm very aware of what I project to them and I'm very aware of what I don't. And sometimes it's not completely real. You know, sometimes you project something that's a little different because, well, defense mechanisms, people, you know, trust issues, all that shit. But, but I do that, you know, and I don't know in what circles like I've obviously not to her degree, but I don't know what I've said that is a stretch or anything like that. This is the you know this is I mean? last episode. It's like, where where's your line in terms of lying? But yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was... So like, do you do that? Where I say stuff which is a stretch? Absolutely. Or like when you're in a new environment and you just like, you want to project certain things about yeah. yourself and you don't want to say other things Definitely. Yeah, I'll give you the... Yes. For me, I do that. And I'll give you that Vivian Meyer was clearly very guarded. Uh, she was hiding, not hiding something, but she was a guarded person. You know, they talk yep. a lot about she, you know, very important to her that she had strong locks on her doors. Obviously, she had some um, hoarding compulsive behavior. Um, yeah, let's really fast. just lit up. Yeah, because... So, you guys, she hoarded newspapers, specifically, and every family pretty much had, like, talked about just the stacks of newspapers she had. And they showed a, a picture of the floor mm. of where she had newspapers, and it was sunk. That's, I could not believe how sunken that floor was. That's, like, a classic thing, though, right? Where hoarders, like, if you're gonna, totally. if you're gonna, do, if you're gonna hoard something, newspapers is, like, a classic one. I wonder what Huge that's thing. about. Like, I wonder if it, if it has to do with, like, you know, holding on to the past or some bullshit. But she, what I found interesting was, would clip out um, headlines that she really liked. And they were all these kind of, like, dark, twisted humor things. I really liked that, uh, yeah. that element of it. One person, um, she kept using the phrase, uh, like, folly of humans, I think was the phrase she used. Yeah. And how she really liked those ironic twists, like... Um, uh, man kills wife and then caught, uh, you know, cold, uh, red-handed or that kind of thing. Where it's like, yeah, people get their comeuppance. Totally, and I mean, there's obviously they go into a lot of stuff about how she seems like, you know, her past was was difficult. She was kind of weird around men, but I just think like she's such a almost classic artist as someone who like something happened to them. They see the world completely different, probably fucked up for how for what it really is. And so for me, it kind of makes sense if you look at her like that. It's like she was very talented. She knew she was talented. Um, and that was kind of enough for her, so it seemed, because it was totally for herself. But she had that removed, like, just look at how tragic everything is mentality, it seemed. Um and I just think that's cool because I think that that's easier to express or to see these days is like an artist who has similar patterns to her, mm -hmm. um, but no one knew about them when they were happening with her. Right. And that's that's nutty because she just probably seemed like a crazy old woman in her room, but she was this brilliant artist who had a lot of thoughts about things. I mean, definitely this documentary poses the question about like where's the line between 
brilliant artist and nutty person you know what i mean nutty um, psychopath it's a thin line it's a thin line what, what side what side do you think she was on man so i think i agree that she was an artist right i think i agree with for you sure on that. um and certainly uh i look at those pictures and i a lot of them i think are great and they're they're things i would you know frame and put on my my wall like i think i and i'm not i'm of like forms of art photography is generally one i'm not very interested in um yeah because because in a lot of sense it feels like anyone can do it you know but i can i can look at those in objective and i guess subjectively but say for myself like yeah that's art um yeah the thing that i find frustrating about this documentary um regarding her art is there's this uh overarching logic of it that if only she were discovered she would have been famous 20 years ago right like man if only she'd put her art out there she would have been famous and i completely disagree with that i think if she hadn't been discovered in this novel way these it doesn't matter she wouldn't have been famous i agree with you because i think um they're not to put down her talent or what she did because her her photos are amazing and I am a sucker for black and white photos specifically so I I look at her stuff all day long I think it's great um, and it's all up online by the way you can you can yeah. Google her now uh, John Maloof has put it all up on tumblers and flickers and whatever um, but yeah yeah no and they're and they're great to look at but I also feel like there's a lot of people who do have a, a wonderful eye for photography and breaking into art and and being a famous artist is very hard and there's a lot of luck associated with it there's a lot of hard work you have to do obviously i'm not saying it'll just come to you but no i agree with you it doesn't necessarily mean like if she started developing them that she would have been discovered right Um, Uh, and that i agree with you that and yet her she's finding a lot of success a lot more success in death than she did in life yeah, for sure. so, so that was definitely something I found frustrating about this uh, this this movie, and and the sense that people were seeing it as like, um, well, why would she be a nanny if she was so good at photography, right? Like, man, if she, only she she'd put out her her photos, she wouldn't have had to be a nanny. She could have she could have you know just been a photographer. And what I kept thinking over and over again is how many young people. Um, I know personally or know who, in order to do whatever their art is, are also babysitting and waiting tables and, you know, uh, selling chicken. Like, how many people I know who are doing that? The idea, it was just mind-blowing to me that why is she being a nanny? Because she's getting paid. Because she has a house and food and, you know, hired friends. Like, of course she's being a nanny. And who's to say, I mean, she did sound, like, very strict and maybe not, like, the most patient all the time, but it seems as <laughs> okay, though... If you, if you haven't watched the documentary, Emily just glossed over the fact that she literally force-fed a child by she choking them. Okay, continue. Okay, well, and that, I I feel like she was an artist, but I feel like also she's on that psychopath life. Like, I think she is over the line. Like, I, I do feel like that. Um... Oh, what was I saying though? Uh, uh, oh, life, jobs, 
having a job. It's so dumb I can't like rewind and listen. <laughs> um, it's okay. We can we will edit this out definitely. It'll be so great. Uh, I was talking about um, how she's a nanny uh, and like why it's so dumb that people. Oh yeah, she might have she might have been fine with her life. Like she might have exactly. been fine knowing that she just had a room and food and could go photograph all day long. Exactly. Like that could have been fine for her. And even though he did find like that one note su- supporting that like you know she did want her work to be found. Right. Like that's cool, but not everyone wants that attention or can handle that attention. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's valid also. I'm not saying that it's bad he discovered her work, but maybe this was the way that it needed to go go for her. You know, maybe she wouldn't have enjoyed people looking at her stuff. Right. It could have been purely for herself, and I think there's something cool in doing art for yourself, there, for your own pleasure. It's also it's also something that's you know, people talk about it all the time as being therapeutic, doing art for yourself, right? And the idea that she was clearly she's clearly troubled in s- several ways that are documented, and probably many more that are undocumented. Um, she this really may have just been an an outlet for her to be creative and to be connecting with people. Um, But this idea for me that uh, there's a quote I wrote down where someone turns the camera and goes, something was wrong, that she wasn't discovered. They go, something was wrong. Um, And I disagree with that. I don't think it's that something was wrong and that's why she wasn't discovered. That wasn't what she was doing with her art. Um, and I don't think yeah. that's that's a sign that something's the something is missing, or we have to go find why she wouldn't want to be famous. Um, and if anything, I think the sanest thing about her is that she didn't want to be famous. Um, yeah, not everyone can handle that attention, that life, and then there's an expectation for you to produce more work for other people. And so, yeah, right. Well. And I'm sorry, the kind, you know, n- not saying that I'm a psychologist in any way, but the kind of mentality that's going to put a huge bolted lock on your uh, your door in suburban Chicago. Um, let me scr- let me step back. The kind of mentality that's going to put a, a huge bolted lock on your door so that your so that the children can't get in your room maybe also doesn't want to be you know doing art tours. Yeah. And putting your photos out. There. No, I I completely agree, and I and that kind of brings me to what I was telling you earlier was the Forrest Gumpiness. I'm I'm sticking with Gumpiness mm. uh, of her. Oh yeah, because she she did photograph some really cool moments and some really cool people. Like when I was scrolling through her stuff. I found this like close up shot of Frank Sinatra. And and like and, and in a way that like she was right there. And I just think that's so cool. Like she definitely was out seeing some very cool things. And she nannied for um we just said his name so that we wouldn't forget his name. Uh Phil Donahue. <laughs> uh, that that, that, that Donahue. The Phil one. Which who, by the way, if you listen to the last episode, uh, Phil Donahue is related to the rat-faced referee, uh, Chad Donahue, <laughs> who took bribes. Um, and, I want to... Yeah, sorry, continue. Yeah. Yeah, she, she has a, a, 
a bit of a what what was G- what, what Forest gumpiness. Um, gumpy. She's got a gumpy quality to her. And one of the things that's most beautiful about her art is that she photographs everyone, right? So by getting up close to people, Frank Sinatra doesn't look different than a carpenter that's covered in mud. It's the same, it's the same people in her eye, which is, I, I, I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. I, I have issues with the documentary. I don't have issues yeah. with her art. I think her photographs are really, really. Yeah, phenomenal. I was. I was just gonna say that, like, no matter <clears throat> your opinions on her as a person or how they portrayed her or the story, her art is really fantastic. Like, she photographs some just very like raw slice of life in in a city, mm-hmm. and and they're stunning. I want to jump on what you were just talking about, you know, regardless of how they, they portray her. Um, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to make this whole, uh, th- this whole hundred weeks about jumping on um, documentary directors, but there, and, and the, and the um, uh, conflict of interest that's like, I, and sometimes totally. is inherent when you're making documentaries. But I think this is a good one. Uh, to talk about it, where this John Maloof guy clearly has a lot more to gain from making this documentary than the dead reclusive photographer who he's making. Yeah, no, I I would agree with you on that because the the thing was is like he's very much looking for a resolution to the story, and he's very much like right. I don't know exactly what he's looking for, but it seemed. It seemed to be more personal than to simply expose a story. And I guess that was what my issue was. And I guess maybe it's inherent, right, in the kind of documentary it was. But finding Vivian Meyer isn't in some ways about Vivian Meyer. It's about the act of finding her. It's about, and it's about John uncovering the truth, so to speak. But once it became apparent that the truth really wasn't all that interesting i guess that's a personal thing once it was once the truth wasn't that interesting to me it just became about this guy kind of prying into this woman's life and i found found that to be kind of a um there was a certain obsessiveness that like i agree with you on that um but on the other hand you know playing devil's cool. advocate's my own argument if you're a documentary filmmaker and you aren't obsessed with whatever totally. you're doing you know no, I, I agree. I mean, no, no, no. Like, I, you should be upset. I mean, there's something driving you to research whatever's happening, but it seems like his motives weren't necessarily just to learn more or just to, uh, I don't really know. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Well, I mean, I, yeah. Well, at one point he even says it's, you know, like one throwaway line in the documentary, but at one point he's like, you know, Obviously, to fund this whole thing, we had to make some money off the prints, and I would love to have given Vivian money, but of yeah. course I can't do that. And then we move on. And, you know, I think he's probably being genuine when he says, you know, we had to make money in order to do the thing and in order to get her artwork out there. But maybe it's the kind of thing where if you can't afford to put this other person's art out there maybe it's none of your responsibility it's not your responsibility to yeah. be doing it like maybe maybe that's the wrong thing to do 
Maybe. Yeah, not. I mean, I think as we watch more, I would, I would almost liken this to something like Tickled or Dear Zachary, in the sense that it doesn't matter if you've seen those or not. Those things start out as one thing and they morph into something else because the documentary maker, it kind of just follows mm-hmm. this trail and they don't really have an end objective. I guess that's my problem. He had like an end objective and he never really got right. it. He, that, that is exactly it. it and, and it's that the, this documentary was called Finding Vivian Meyer and the, the, they had a goal of finding her at the end. And when he didn't really find what he wanted, he kept looking. Well, and, and I also it. thought, like, the way that he that they showed him following certain leads were also a bit anticlimactic. Like, I wish it was. It seemed like maybe a oh, little yeah. bit more organic in like his thought process of, of 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 whatever he did, places he went, people he talked to, because in the other ones, it's a lot more raw. It's a lot more of like this storyline or this observation and then something happens and you just go with it and right. so i thought and that I'm, a, this one, I'm a sucker for that it's you know, amazing I love when there's yeah. a story that starts one way and twists to another i guess the question is and you know maybe this will definitely be an ongoing discussion we got 97 weeks, weeks to go to <laughs> um but if you are making if you as a documentarian are making a movie and you are looking for something and you aren't finding it like can you just pull like pull out so to speak you know yeah you just say okay there won't be a documentary yeah because we don't don't, i don't answer that it's a it's a fine question and i and i think it's cool to kind of talk about not only the subject matter but how these documentaries flow last week we loved how it flowed we thought it was beautiful Mm -hmm. how it was laid out I'm sure we could talk again about how beautiful it was laid out so it's like that's a cool thing to discuss because sometimes that could influence a lot of how you receive the that's true the subject well and you know in terms of how this one was was structured i guess you know we start with john we don't start with vivian meyer true Um, we start and end with with the director uh which is a strong choice it's a it's our clear choice anyway um to be centering him in the in the discussion yeah, I agree. But I also Which think... it's just a choice. I don't know. Who yeah. am I to say he's wrong? You're not. We're having opinions, and it's, and it's awesome. Sometimes I feel bad about having opinions, Emily. Don't, don't let anyone ever make you feel bad for feeling like something. Thank you. That was really vague. But I stand by it. Thank you. This was a good, a good discussion. I, uh... Yeah, and... I also feel like, like this documentary, we never hit a conclusion. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't, we didn't solve so it. We're so meta about it. Mm. Ugh. Mm. This is a it, podcast and a podcast it, and a dream sequence. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't anything to, to really garner out of it. I just, uh, yeah. I mean, certainly, I walk away from this with a different understanding of photography and... Yeah. Um, and it, it, it kind of makes you wonder, or not wonder, it kind of opens questions about, like, so, you know, what is art that's never discovered? Um, totally. and it's, like, it's okay to have questions without answers, yada, yada, yada. Um, it'd just be so much better if you could Google it. An <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, just a second. I'm just going to Google real quick. Uh, what is art if it's never discovered? Hit the and I'm feeling... 
Oh, it's a terrible documentary. That's what it is. Oh, wow. That was a great setup and punchline. Thank you. That's a that, thank you. This has been Jason Kasman's Hot Bits. Oh, hot bits no, we're not. No, we're not doing Hot Bits. <laughs> I can't stop. Hot Bits. Everything, everything I do is a hot bit, Emily Toby. Um, if, you, uh, if you haven't watched the documentary, you should probably watch it. That way you can side with me uh, in terms of whether or not <laughs> it was worthwhile at use of your time. But I'd uh, also say, right. if you don't watch the documentary, I'm sorry. It's on Netflix is what you're going to say. Oh, yeah. You should totally still check out her artwork because right. it's awesome. Uh, and seriously, just search Vivian Meyer um, and a million and a half things come up. She has hundreds and hundreds of thousands of photos. Um, whether or not you think she was a good photographer, uh, which we both do, she was at least a uh, frequent photographer. <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> she did it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it might be. <laughs> Enter exactly. She did it. Uh, so you want to know what I'm watching next week? Yeah. What are we? What, what, are we what we're watching next week? Uh, brand new on the Netflix. Oh, I like it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Ava DuVernay. You know her? Uh, Not yet. The director, the director of Selma. Did you see Selma? I did. I didn't. Maybe, maybe we should take a side trip to Selma. I think so. Um, no, we sh- we shouldn't go there. But uh, we should watch. Uh, it's thirteenth. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, so, very, uh, relevant. Yeah. Very, uh, oh, this will be a good one. Yeah. Awesome. It, it's going to be great. I have a tagline. Do it. Uh, this is a, this is, in the words of famed photographer Diane Arbus, a documentary is a secret about a secret. The more it tells, the less you know. Mic drop. She actually said a photograph, but. No, I get it. I think every week it's like you take like, a I'll quote and then you swap out a word for document. But no, I could also have it. said a photography is a documentary about a documentary. The more it documents, the less you document. I think we should keep both. Do you know Diana? She's really great. No, did you already stop recording? No, but I will now. Okay, me too.